0: What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Leah M. Forney back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive Season 3, y'all. Listen, we already in the month of July, y'all. It's crazy to think that we are halfway through 2023. Like, did they just get here, or is it just me? Like, I always tell people, ever since the pandemic happened, <laughs> I feel like we have lost full track of time. Like, for real, for real. Like, full track of time. It just seems like January, get here, you blink, you in May, you blink again, you in the summertime, blink one more time, winter's here and you about to exit another year. Like, it's super crazy. But listen, y'all, July is such a special month for me um, because I get to celebrate, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I think that it is such an, an, an important month because we are starting to see a shift in how people of color, women of color, men of color, indigenous people, BIPOC people, are looking at mental health. And I love seeing this shift. Like, I love seeing how many of them are taking better care of themselves, having those conversations about healing, having those conversations around childhood trauma, having those conversations about how they're upbringing and what they didn't get. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I want to say to each and every one of my listeners out there that may fall in that minority category, like, this is the month to definitely make sure you're taking care of yourself. But take care of yourself every month. Like, your mental health matters, man. Like, I I can say from experience, like, I have watched so many, uh, especially men of color you know take their own life and it was so heartbreaking and disheartening when i got those phone calls because these were men that on the outside looking in right you would think that they got it all together but they were struggling you know and so i always say to my friends in my tribe is you know, I would rather walk with you through a very difficult season in your life than to stand over your casket before it's time. And I truly mean that because we all go through difficult seasons. We all have experiences where it just feels like it's overwhelming, you know, life be life it y'all. And I always tell people like, that is what life is designed to do. It's designed to life. (laughs) You know what I mean? It really is. It's designed to life and it's designed to, you know, it's designed for things to always be happening. What I have learned on my own healing journey is how do you respond when those things are happening, right? Because many of us respond in a very uh, negative way. Many of us respond in a way of like, woe is me and, and not so much from the place of, you know, how I can, how is this making me better or how am I going to be better because of it? You know, and so... I think that it's very important um, to not only take care of your mental health, but it's also very important to assess, you know, where you are in your journey and assess, you know, the areas that you still need to heal and assess what your coping skills look like. Because I'll tell you something that I've I've noticed in our society not so much lately, but just maybe since the pandemic. And I think the pandemic might've just shined a light on it a little bit more, but we have a lot of people that lack coping skills. And so when life gets the life in, like they don't know what to do. And so I think this is a time where you really want to assess those things. Like, how do I cope? What do I do? How do I process my emotions? And then I'll say this because it's the clinician in me. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Like don't be afraid to seek professional help, man. Like I I and and for all my faith-based and Christian folk, like you can have the the couch and the cross, right? Like you ain't got to choose between serving your God and going to sit on somebody's couch. Like I'm going to go ahead and dismantle that myth for you right now. You don't have to choose because the truth of the matter is You can have both. (laughs) You can absolutely positively have both. So definitely make sure you're taking care of yourself this month. And so look, y'all, I got another amazing guest on this episode. I'm sitting down with an amazing, amazing woman that I met maybe a couple of years ago. She's so dynamic and I've watched her grow as an author and I'm watching her step into where God is calling her in the coaching space. And so I got this beautiful soul named Angela Holloway <laughs> that's coming through the Hey, Queen Thrive this this episode. And we had such an incredible conversation around the importance of setting goals and around you know her journey to going from just being an author to now stepping into that coaching space and doing what God has called her to do. So definitely tune in and you know I'll be back with what? Thriving Nuggets what's up hey queen thrive it's your girl leah and a visibility activator and podcast cultivator back with another episode of hey queen thrive season three listen i'm super excited y'all because i get to chop it up with this amazing woman we connected some years ago on social media i'm telling you the power social media. You never know who you can connect with, but she is such a dope queen. She's been doing her thing. And so I'm excited that she was like, she wanted to be a guest in season three of the show. And so I got my girl, Angela Howell in the building. What's going on, lady? Hey, hey, good morning, Leah. I'm so
1: excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are doing your thing and you are making room for queens like me. So, Big up to you. And hey, I'm ready to go.
0: Listen, I'm so excited. and Thank you for the flowers. Listen, tell the people a little bit about yourself. All right. You know, that's a hard question, right? It's like you're sitting at that interview
1: table and I'm like, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and you're like, do I play full out or do I be like, well, I'm just a humble child of God? Um, <laughs> but I, I am Angela Holloway. Uh, I am a child of God and I, I'm a mom. Um, was a wife, will be a wife soon, but I'm a mom because, you know, that's sort of the flow, right? I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and you know. <laughs> um, I am a life coach, a career coach, and I do this thing from nine to five where I work as an accountant under a CFO for a state agency. So that's who I am, and that's what I'd be up to.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's funny that I never even knew you was an accountant, and it's, it's so funny, Angela, because I remember when I was in undergrad, and I think I was going for nursing because I changed my major like 50 million times at one time. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in my first accounting class and I was like, the devil is alive. This ain't it. Because um, <laughs> I mean, I literally flunked out of that class because I was like, what? Debits and credits and crew and what? So <laughs> Shout out to all the accountants in the world because y'all got it. Like, cause I promise you accounting one-on-one was not it. I knew then I was like, if I got to do this to be a nurse, I'm good. I'm straight. I'm going to go find another major. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> it's funny. Accounting is a little counterintuitive with the whole debit credit got to balance out. But because I changed my major 50, 11 times too, <laughs> and I started out in computer science with a minor in math, accounting math is simple. Accounting math ain't nothing more than addition and subtraction. So after doing high-level math and then go into accounting and we literally just ask a track, maybe multiply.
0: I was like, oh, this is a breeze. <laughs> so <laughs> that is funny. Good to know. Listen, if I haven't even I'm like, I know mm-hmm. who to call. So all right. <laughs> so listen, I have this question. I asked all my guests, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? Mm. In my opinion what it
1: means to be a queen that's thriving is first thing that comes to mind, it, you're not giving up. Mm. And that's, and that's, that's the big thing is it doesn't mean, okay, you hit the six figure salary or you hit the 25 year marriage mark, or your kids are getting straight A's is you don't give up. Even yeah. when there's turbulent times, you're still going, even when you're dealing with illnesses, family issues, Job loss, whatever, you keep going. That's when you're thriving. It's not when I'm on the top and I'm checking off all the boxes. Look at me, here I am. You could be there, you know, God bless you when you're there as well, but you're not giving up. And so when I think of thriving, I mean, I'm thinking of I'm not giving up. Whether I'm where I need to be or in a really dark place, I am not giving up until I see that light at the end of the tunnel
0: and thereby I can be a light to others. That's thriving. Ooh, I love that. I love that. And I agree with you. Not giving up. Persistence is key because I be trying to tell people like life be life. And mm-hmm. it is designed to do that. And I think sometimes the trick of the enemy is to make us get so overwhelmed and so flustered with life forgetting that that is what it's designed to do like nowhere mm-hmm. in the bible did god say i'm gonna just hand you this immaculate life but <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's not gonna have any trials any adversity any tribute. Tri- tri- like nah he didn't say that he was like you know the weapons gonna form right like some things gonna right. happen um but they're not gonna prosper though
1: right, right? exactly like yes.
0: they're gonna come like some people gonna turn their backs on you People going, you know, you're going to go experience loss, like life gone life. Yes, I'm learning is. that it is your, re- it's all about the response to life, lifeing. And for many That's of us, it. the response is like, oh my God, I quit and I'm done. And for a lot of us, the response is like, I right, so... I'm gonna give myself time to process this because this is some crap. And uh-huh. then after i done done processing, then I'm gonna come back and be like, all right, guys, so what are we doing now? Like, what's, the, what's, the, what's exactly. the solution? And I think that's key. Like, people have to un- learn how to respond when life is life and because it's going to do it like it's always going to be something and that's what I have to tell myself all the time and it's not to like live on the edge so to speak but it's uh-uh, just to right. get you to understand something is always going to happen uh-huh. <laughs> how do you respond to it matters so I love that don't give up queens don't give up all right, right. so <laughs> season three God said we're still having this conversation around purpose. We've been talking about purpose since the last season. And so mm-hmm. I want to know what has your journey been like discovering your God-given purpose?
1: What has my journey been like? So um, I'm not, I'm not plugging the book, but I will talk about the book because I wrote my book based on life lessons. Mm-hmm. And I put, you know, the blurb on the back talks about how life university, <laughs> we're all enrolled since day one Mm -hmm. and we are constantly taking classes and so purpose for me is learned through living Mm. as you live and grow you kind of figure this thing out and you figure out where you fit and where you don't fit and to move yourself from places where you don't fit that's purpose that's growth and moving into places where you know you belong it's also growth And also, purpose. So, as you live life, you you learn it. You know, you figure out where your strong points are, weaknesses, and at some point that comes together in this beautiful matrix called purpose.
0: Yeah. I love that. I I love that. And I love that you call it Life University. (laughs) Yes. Because that's exactly (laughs) what it is. It's like uh, Jay Z used to call it the school of hard knocks. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. You know, you learn so much from life if you i think if you allow it to because oh, yeah. you do have a choice in what you learn from mm-hmm. the university of life like some people be like Mm-mm. like they like me when it came to accounting like this is small <laughs> and I'm to, right i'm about to uh unenroll from this class but mm-hmm. you know from a lot of us it it does show us i think that adversity and, and life life and shows us who we are and what we really made up and for many of us we don't really discover that until we've experienced some adversity mm-hmm. um so I love that I absolutely positively love that so because you mentioned being an author talk to us about that journey because I I know you ain't just wake up one day and was like oh I got a book in me most of us don't we uh-uh. be trying to run from that conversation so talk to us about your journey to becoming an author
1: yeah, That was a journey indeed. And it's funny because people are always like, where's the next one? Where's the next one? I was like, if y'all knew what it took to get the first one out, you, <laughs> y'all read that book 10 times and leave me alone because it took forever. But, um, and speaking of thriving queen, like that's one of the places where I didn't give up. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to write a book. Actually, the book that I published was actually the second book I still got another book sitting on notebooks and I'm still trying to decide if I'm ever going to do anything with it. But I knew I was a writer author for a long time. And I moved the book from my head to post-it notes, to random scraps of notebook paper, when I would wake up in the middle of the night, or wake up in the morning with an idea and I'm like, wait, that's an idea for a chapter. And at some point, you know, God lit the fire and was like, you got to take this and put it into a book. I was actually in a, a conference. It was a woman's conference a church conference. And the speaker had full liberty to let God speak through her. She mm. called me out the audience and said, God said the book has to be written in this season. And of course, uh, Leah, ain't nobody knew I was writing a book. Right. I had no thoughts, post-it notes, notebook. This is not nothing. Ain't no book. But God knew. Yeah. And when God, she said, God said, write the book or it has to be written in this season. I was like, whoa, because I'm a realist. We don't live forever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. God, if you're giving me a context clue that I'm about to be out of here, then let me go ahead and do this Because I want to live my life. I want to live full and die empty. So mm-hmm. that was in May of, I think, 2018 on a Saturday. That Sunday after church, I came home. I sat at this computer and said, I've got to get this book out of my head, off these post-it notes and onto somebody's screen. And I just started writing. And then like sometime in June, I was finished. Like God said, just write. So I just started. And at some point it felt like I was finished. And I'm like, that's it. And then it sat for a little bit. not going to lie because it's a process. Because, you know, publishing a book is not free. Self-publish does not mean you just print out on your home printer and put a draw cover (laughs) and send it to people. You still got to pay to get it edited, maybe proofread, obviously format it. And when I contacted the first publisher, her amount was like, oh, okay, I got you maybe income tax time or whatever. Because I felt it was too much. And then 2020 hit and 2020 Mm -hmm. will forever be synonymous with Pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Life really hit, you know, most of us in the face. And it's like, hey, if you're gonna do it, do it now because nothing is guaranteed. And of course, I had some money because you know, we we, was getting stimulated every couple of months and stuff. And first stimulus check, I said, let me shop around for an editor, publisher, and see what I could do. And I put that money to good use and got that book published, and it's on the shelf and in people's hands. So that was my journey. I would say. I probably started writing in 2015 or thinking about it in my head and people had books in their hands to read in 2020. So that's my journey. And I know about not giving up because plenty of times I could have. And-
0: yeah. I love that. And I love that you were like, it was a whole process because I think a lot of times mm-hmm. in anything, whether it's becoming an author, a podcast, or a business owner, like there is a process, like nobody wakes up one day and it's just like, oh I'm an author today you know like I tell people God put it in my heart a whole year two years before the first book came out and I laughed at him I was like who's writing a book like Mm -hmm. that ain't even my that's not my lane sir like I don't I don't know what you're talking about and then like you he sends the confirming word and you're like all right all right fine (laughs) (laughs) you know like that level of of surrenderance comes where you're like fine okay just tell me what mm-hmm. the right jeez mm-hmm. you know because I I didn't know any authors I wasn't connected mm-hmm. to no authors so you were asking me to do something that I had never done mm-hmm. and never seen before wow and then here we are five years eight books later like mm-hmm. I tell anybody I you know for me I thought it was like all right bucket list author check did that Jesus is like nope yes yes (laughs) like like there's I always tell people there's never a one and done with God it's like oh thank you for pushing out the first one so let's get ready for number two and you're like wait what there's more (laughs) like no stop so I I love that so talk to us about the inspiration for the book
1: the inspiration for the book (laughs) I'm gonna go back to high school which for me lord uh (laughs) (laughs) many moons ago Angela, many moons ago yeah many moons ago there was a kid in our class who was just I don't know what he was sarcastic or whatever he wasn't much of a people person but I wanted him to sign my yearbook and so he signed my yearbook to Angela the girl who always has something to say Mm. and he was probably be, he was being real snarky right real sarcastic but I was like thank you because I always have something to say and so I would say the inspiration for the book just came from life university mm-hmm. I, I've lived a whole bunch of stuff uh I've done some stuff that I should have been like oops <laughs> I should have did that I've experienced some things where I'm like, whoa, they shouldn't have done that to me. But at the end of the day, I really have this belief that my pain is going to pay me. Hello? My pain is going to pay me. And even when I talked about living full and dying empty, like, nah, nah, I'm not letting all this happen for naught. am I going to work around bitter, angry. I'm going to work around paid from the things that I've experienced. Yeah. We know when I say paid, I mean more than just money. It's, it's going to pay me because I'm taking these experiences and I'm going to pull somebody else out. I'm going to be a light, not even at the end of someone else's tunnel. I'm going to meet you in the tunnel because I've been in the tunnel. So I'm going to come with my light. My lanterns on say, hey, she says, hey, bro, whoever God is calling me to. This is the way. Let me show you. And the book is one of those ways of being the light and showing someone you don't have to stay where you are. And if this is where you are, I got 10 chapters, pull up one and see which one resonates with you and let my experience help you. Let it be your light to get you through that tunnel. because this is who God has called me to be. Yes, I am the girl that always has something to say, but guess what? I try to season my words with wisdom. I let God speak through me. So yeah, I got something to say and I want to say it to everybody that's listening and everybody that needs it. Here's this book. Here's my message that God has given me.
0: I, I, listen. This is where I am and I want to bring you with me. That's the inspiration for the book. I love that. I love that. And shout out to all the ones that's been told that you talk too much, mm-hmm. like God uses those. <laughs> that was, child. listen, when you were talking, I was laughing to myself because I'm like, honey, how many times was that on my report card? God, yes. as a kid, how many phone calls did I get to my grandma's I'm like my Leah talks too much? And now God <laughs> uses the same yes. mouthfeel to run a, a successful business. So he will use those things that people seem to think are you know, that make you less than or devalue because, and so I love that that person, even in his sarcastic way, was calling you out, like, and showing you that God is going to use that thing about you that yes. everybody else seems to think is obnoxious, but he like, nope, because she's going to be the one that's going to carry forth my message. She's going to be the one to get my people healed and saved. She's going to be the one to help them be. Come the on. So <laughs> I, I love that. I love because And I hear that so often from so many, especially women of color, that that is the thing that people are like, oh my God, I can't stand the fact that you talk too much. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you only knew how my mouth is about to get me paid, if you only knew how God is going to use my pain to not just, and it's funny because I used to always say, turn your pain into purpose. And one day God was like, you are purpose. Why would you do that? oh like you are purpose mm -hmm. you are with born with a purpose on purpose so you're Mm -hmm. not turning nothing into purpose because that's who you are wow what you're doing is you're converting it into power because you're showing people and you're showing the enemy that what you meant for evil god said i'm gonna turn that thing for good. And so mm-hmm. you thought that by allowing me to be sexually assaulted, devil, that that was going to mm. stop me in my tracks. And God was like, nope, because that's the same chick I'm going to use to not <laughs> only advocate for others, but then I'm going to put her in the room with legislators. And then I'm going mm. to put her in the room where she trains law enforcement on the same thing that you thought wow. was going to stop me. So I say that because that's what people do. They try to put things on us. And God be like, and now watch me use that thing you just tried to project on her. Yes. So I love that. You should put that on the shirt. My pain gonna get me paid. I mm-hmm. buy it. Hunting. Do we know it. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will buy it. So listen, let's talk goal setting because you know it's so funny? Every year, and I, I've mm-hmm. been guilty of it too. We come into a new year, we be like new year, new me. And we call ourselves setting goals, right? And then uh-huh. you find like, 10 days into the year you'd be like i'm not doing it um so let's talk about why is goal setting so important like why do you think that at the top of the year everybody all of a sudden want to set these these goals
1: yeah goal setting is important because so i don't know about you, Leah, but and i've been seeing memes on facebook that that speak of this too we're in 2023 Mm -hmm. it seemed like yesterday was 2017 no for real (laughs) you know what i'm saying and so if we're not careful, time's going to fly by and we will not know where five, six, seven, eight years have gone. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad saying something to me one time when I was trying to figure out that I want to go back to school. Part of my story is that I became a mom at 19. I went to college on a full scholarship, but because I got pregnant, I finished the first year, but then I ended up dropping out my and uh, moving back out of state because my college was out of state and, you know. Coming back home working in fast food doing the whole thing and kind of settling into that role until someone spoke to me and said you need to be back in college and i was like yeah but i lost my scholarship she's like you need to be in college and when i was talking to my dad about it he said to me well four years are gonna go by anyway so you might as well spend the four years going to school because in mm. four years i can either have a degree or still be in the same place but the time was not going to stop or wait for me four yeah. years is going to go by and so because time moves And it's going to do what time is going to be timing. Right. Yeah. Do what it's supposed to do. We have to decide how we kind of stop time or encapsulate time and set a goal. Because like Mm. I said, whatever you said in 2017, whether you did it or not, is now 2023. It's not stopping or waiting for any of us.
0: Mm. And so
1: if you don't set a goal, time will pass you by. And you'll be like, why didn't I go and get that degree or do this, that or the other. So you have to set goals. And even going back to what you first asked me about thriving, you got to keep going. I, um, I used to be, when I had my second child, I was, I became a gym rapper. I started uh, running for the first time.
0: Mm.
1: And so I would run and I would do cardio and I was like always in the gym. And I remember that new year, all of a sudden pulling into the parking lot, I'm like there ain't no parking spaces. Yeah. Oh. This person on the Stairmaster couldn't even get into the Zoom, I'm sorry, the Zoom class, couldn't even get into the spin class. (laughs) Yeah. Because everybody had registered for it. I'm like, oh, it's the beginning of the year, people. In January, they're here to get in shape. They'll be going by February, March, right? Well, guess what? This year I am. I'm one of those New Year people. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been slacking off. And it's like, you know what, Angela? Get back in that gym because you know what? You can't give up. And as much as I don't want to walk in there and be the January baby and get laughed at, you know what, it, it, here I am, Here I, here is I, because I need to do that. And if I don't write it down or set a goal or keep going, it'll be 2024 and I'll still have these, these pounds on me that I don't want. Yeah. If I don't go ahead and set the goal, if I don't go ahead and pursue the goal, you know, writing it down is a big thing, but then what are your steps to accomplish it? Uh, get in the gym. Even if you got to go in January and have everybody look at you, yep, I'm here because I don't want to give up. And before this year is out, I want to know that I've done something about this weight I'm carrying. So yeah. goal setting is important. Time's going to go by. And if you don't do nothing about it, the calendar will keep flipping and you'll be in the same place. Same place.
0: No, that's so true. And I, I totally agree with you. And it's funny because I feel like in the last year or two, I've kind of shifted from just goal setting to setting intentions. Uh, because what I have realized for me is that I always say a goal without a deadline is just a wish. But sometimes even with the deadline, Mm -hmm. unless you're persistent like we've been talking about unless you're like all right I'm really not gonna give up this is something I really want to accomplish like the deadlines don't necessarily hold you accountable so what I found is that in setting intentions and then sharing those intentions with people that I know will hold me accountable Mm -hmm. has been key because it's one thing to hold yourself accountable it's another thing that when you have people that you know are rooting for you that's like Angela did you write that book girl Mm -hmm. Angela you said you was going to like being that annoying (laughs) yeah and then you're like all right fine dang I'm gonna write it today Jesus Mm -hmm. like it's something about having that that really holds you accountable to what you said you know and even as a coach that's something that I do with my clients it's like no you said this what you wanted I'm just, you know, I'm just holding, I'm just going to hold your feet to the fire for a second. Cause maybe if it stops, if you start feeling that it's burning, you'll actually do something but mm-hmm. guys, we need that. And so I do think goal setting is very important. And I think that people have to be real specific. Like I have been, like, I have learned as a CEO, the importance of being real specific about what it is that you really want. Mm-hmm. Because when you can like really write down, I remember my own coach was like, Leah, I want you to write down everything that you really want. And I'm like, child, that's a lot of work. (laughs) But when I sat down and I did it, I remember texting her like, I'm so emotional reading this list because it was something about pen to paper and really visually seeing Oh, no, I really do want to leave a legacy. I really do want to make the kind of wealth and money that Mm -hmm. I could just solve problems. Like, oh, we got a problem. How much is it? Like, I really do want to put myself in a position to give, you know, employment to my people. To show that, like, like something about that made me be like, and this is why I got to go through these these seasons, because that's Mm -hmm. exactly what they are, where you're being... (laughs) tested and tried you know these seasons even in business like I tell people all the time like business ain't no one straight narrow road like it's a lot of twists and turns it's a lot of bumping your head it's a lot of like okay let me try to figure this out because I don't even know what I'm doing like it's a lot of that so I, I love that all right so if someone wanted to set some goals what do you think are some things that they should consider before setting them goals Yes, I would say, um,
1: first of all, great question. <laughs> um, I would say how many steps are involved in the goal? Mm, um, mm. I think we, well, I can't speak for everybody, right? So let me use my I statements. I think I would say things like, I'm going to save $1,000 a month. But what am I going to do? Am I going to just take 1000 out of one paycheck, 500 out of each check? Is it, is it, you know, $20 a day, like what is it to really achieve that goal? And so, of course, when I would have missed the mark, I'm like, oh, I didn't save a thousand, but I really didn't have a plan for the plan. And so we have to know the steps, or I like to say, I need to know the steps that it takes. And then I say too, um, God gave me this, uh, phrase, like the lowest common denominator. So I told you I was a math major. Well, I was computer science and, and math, I was computer science and uh, math minor. So <laughs> I, the phrase lowest common denominator is obviously something we use in, in factoring and math. But that kind of brought that down to me too. Sometimes we, or I would go for the big thing and he's like, well, let's break this down. So sometimes the smaller bites or what I call the lowest common de- denominator. What do you need to do right now to get to that goal?
0: Yeah.
1: and and that And that might be the thing that, would help some people like what do I need to do today so let's say I want to lose 50 pounds you don't just wake up one day wow I'm 50 pounds lighter what do I need to do today so when it starts with a workout schedule a meal plan a mindset you know that's what do I need to do today to reach that goal so sometimes bringing it into those smaller bite-sized pieces lowest common denominators as I call it
0: is really a great way to help with goal setting Uh, because yes I love that. And and that's so helpful because I don't think I've ever thought to to go that route of like, what can I do today? Because like you said, a lot of times when we set goals, it's like, okay, we're thinking 90 days from now, six months from now, that kind of thing, but not realizing that we do have to factor in those steps. You know, it's just like even in the Bible, the Bible tells us count up the cost. Like, what is it really going to cost you? to do X, Y, Z things, So even with our goals, we should be do, taking that same approach of, okay, so what is this going to really cost me? And then what's step one? Because I think when we set goals, we'd be trying to be all the way at step 10 and God is like, but you didn't even step, take step one. So I need you to figure out what step one is first. So, I love that. That is good, Angela. That is good. So I want to shift gears a little bit, because I want to talk about your coaching, because you are a life coach. And so you have a coaching program. So talk to us about that. What is it that you're doing in the coaching arena?
1: Yes. So in the coaching arena, so I actually started doing career coaching because um, part of my, my job, even though I work as an accountant, I, I have managerial responsibilities at one point, and I would interview people. I would literally screen applications and interview people. And so with screening applications and putting people in the quote-unquote no pile, it broke my heart that people were this close to even getting an interview, but they missed this, the cover letter was missing, or they didn't include this. And so I took that passion for people and, and started career coaching, where like, let me help you with your resume. Let me help you with interview tips because I want to see people thrive and get hired and get noticed, right? Mm -hmm. And while I started meeting with clients to do their resume, we're talking about everything else.
0: Mm. Yeah, we talk
1: about their job, but it's about their life. Yeah, I need another job because my husband is sick and I got to go back to work. Yeah, I need another job because I'm trying to put my kids through school. So in talking about careers, we really end up talking about their lives. And I was like, man, if I could sit there and coach people about their life, or you know, I was already doing that. That felt so much more rewarding than just making resumes. And so that's when I made the switch to uh, life coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am certified. I did take a course again during pandemic. <laughs> I'm like I'm home. Let me do something with this time. And so I did. You know, pay for a, a accredited course to become a certified life coach because that's what I want to do, and that's what I do. You know, it's already kind of naturally happening. People would inbox me, text me, call me, ask for advice. And it's already kind of uh, been happening. So I've been running, hosting some masterclasses. I, I cater to, to women. And I, um, I, I had to take a little break because I, I had, uh, we, we lost my sister mm-hmm. actually just a couple of months ago. And, and that's been all the things with, with, with the heart, the finances, the time. And so I, I don't do everything. And so I'm gonna kind of start back up probably in March with some group coaching sessions and even taking on individual clients. But I, I love being able to pull out of people, if you will, what's already in them. Mm-hmm. It's not about me being the advice columnist and telling you what to do. It's me saying you got this, and, and let's pull it out of you. Even when I talk to my friends, and I don't coach my friends. I know how you are, but I don't coach friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But even when they're talking, like, whether it's my, like my boyfriend talking to me or my, my old, eldest son who's 26, you know, when I'm talking to him, I'll say, do you want mom or do you want coach? And yeah. sometimes I'll say, I just want mom. Or they'll say, what you, what you, gonna, what you got coach? Because I'm like, do you want me to give you a one, two, three, or you want me to just listen? So I, I try to, you know, keep it respectful with people. But when I'm coaching people, it's, I'm doing a lot of, as Biggie Small says, mad question asking, right? <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> questions to pull out of you what's already in you because you got it. And I'm just, again, that light in the tunnel that meets you in the tunnel and it helps you see your way through. And that's how I look at my coaching.
0: I I love that. And definitely my condolence to you and your passing of your sister. Um, but I think that's what coaches are. We, I, that, so it's funny because I ran from coaching for a very long time because my professional background is therapy. I've been in the behavioral health sector for 10 years. And so I was like therapy coaches, same thing. I don't really want to deal with people's issues. But what I realized was that it was just something about the word coach that I didn't really care for. So that's why I call myself an activator and a cultivator, because the truth of the matter is, like you said, it's already in you. Like, I'm just pulling out what's already in you and helping you to sort through what's already in you. And so I, I love that you realize that there needed to be a shift. And sure. that's one of the things I always talk about here. I hate clean thrive, is the power to pivot. Because I think that people think that when they have to pivot and shift, that means they failed. Mm-hmm. And really it just is an indication that you're onto something. You just right. kinda gotta figure out what that something is and tweak it to meet the needs of your clients and potential clients, because life coaching is definitely a huge arena. And so that's when we get into like having to niche down and what exactly am I talking about in terms of life coaching? You know, that's why I always tell people there's nothing wrong with having a niche. There's nothing wrong with being <laughs> real yes. specific about who you want to serve, you know, and, and in what capacity you're trying to serve them in because everybody, everybody calls themselves a coach, but I always tell people, everybody in a coach. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, I definitely love that. So listen, we, we are re- getting ready to wrap up. And so I got my, it's rapid fire question time. Okay. I got three questions mm-hmm. that, when I ask, whatever comes to your mind first is usually the correct answer. So <laughs> All right. we gonna roll with it. All right. Question gotcha. number one: If you was to hit the lot of five million dollars, what's the mm-hmm. first thing you're doing with your money? Uh, I'm paying off my house and walking around
1: debt free. <laughs>
0: we, well, she said, "I'm debt free. I'm not paying." Listen, oh no, no man, ain't that what the Bible say? I'm That's right. <laughs> i'm here for all right number two if your life was a movie who would play you i'm going with my namesake angela
1: bassett because that's what i want my body to look like and i know she could tear it up because my life got some nuances in it and i know she could she could evoke and portray all of those emotions, all of it. So Angela Listen, Bassett.
0: Shout out to Angela Bassett, honey, because she is definitely a queen that is thriving. Yes. Listen, I love seeing all of our season actresses, Black actresses, finally getting the credit that they deserve because- Amen. I, I'm like y'all been sleeping on Angela, mm-hmm. Shell, Charlie, Ralph. Y'all been sleeping on her yes. sisters for a long time. So <laughs> shout out to Angela Bassett. I, I love that. All right, last question: What is a book that you've read that changed your life?
1: Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza.
0: Mm.
1: Um, it was literally. The first audio book that I listened to from start to finish is about 10 hours on audio. And I even like, I didn't buy the book, but a friend of mine was reading it with me. So he had like printouts of things. And I even like, okay, I need a printout because I need to follow this, sit at home and really follow some of these meditations and things like that. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Powerful book. Oh, powerful book. And uh, I can't describe it other than
0: that. But yeah, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I I love that you're gonna make me go and find it myself because I love a good uh book that is a game changer I I'm currently starting the uh 12 week year Mm -hmm. and I'm like excited because I'm like you know what I need to do I need to collapse time (laughs) so um yeah Ooh, and they do have it in audiobook. book. Ah, I'm safe. I'm getting it. I'm listening <laughs> to it. Listen, I'm on a mission. I tell myself I set a goal every year, 25 books a wow. year. I mean, because I truly believe that as a leader, you should be reading. Yes. And so whether it's reading books of personal development, whether it's reading books in your industry, you should be reading. You should be learning something. Um, because the more you know, you know, especially as coaches, the more you can charge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hate, you know, people be like, Lane, why you say like that? But it's true. Like we Uh pay for knowledge. Why do you think, you know, universities and and colleges exist? Uh We're paying for education. So a coach or someone that specializes in a certain particular uh industry is no different than the professor that you're paying at your local college. Like. Correct. You're essentially paying for their knowledge. So I absolutely love this. So listen, Angela, this has been so good, but before I let you go, please tell the people how they can connect with you.
1: Yes. Yes. So please find me on the social medias, (laughs) Facebook. I'm up there. The app is just one touch. I'm up there a lot. So it's Angela with the dash. So A-N-N-G-E-L-A Holloway, uh, H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y. That's my daddy's name. But as soon as it changes, you'll know. But yes, Angela Holloway. I'm on Facebook as that. And of course, Instagram with Angela underscore Holloway. Um, Click to add me as a friend or follow me on Instagram. And you know, I'll follow you back and we can do
0: some great things. I love it. Well, Angela, thank you so much for coming through the Hey, Queen Thrive in season three. It's hard. It's crazy that I say that. But yes, yes. Three seasons. in. so I appreciate you, Queen. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for
1: not giving up because I'm sure before you started, you probably wanted to give up. Season one, you probably wanted to say nah. And season two, you you're probably like, I don't know about this. So thank you for thriving (laughs) and giving
0: a space and a platform for others to thrive as well. You're welcome. And listen, shout out to my girl Angela for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. I so appreciate you, Queen. We had an amazing, amazing conversation, y'all. Make sure you are following her. Definitely check her out on the social media streets. Definitely shoot her an email. Definitely get with her if you really want to work with her. Like She's doing some amazing things. And so shout out to you, Queen, once again. I thank you for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. And so look, It's Thriver Nuggets time, y'all. And so I got to talk to you about the five golden rules for goal setting. Yep, five of them. So let's get into it. All right. The first rule is you definitely should be setting goals that motivate you, right? Because when you're setting goals, it should definitely be goals that you are setting out to actually accomplish, not goals that you think other people want you to do or what everybody else says you to do, but what are those things that really motivate you? And what are some stuff that you can, what are some goals that you can set that are really what you want to do, what you really really want to accomplish? And I think the reason why many of us struggle with setting those types of goals is because we're not a hundred percent clear about what we really want. So definitely make sure when you're setting those goals, set goals that are going to keep you motivated, okay? Number two, set SMART goals, right? So if you know what SMART goals are, it's goals that are specific, that are measurable, that are attainable, that are realistic, and that they are time-sensitive, right? And the time-sensitive part, I always stress because I say a goal without a deadline is just a wish, right? like You can't sit here and say, oh, I want to lose 25 pounds, right? And you don't say when you want to lose those 25 pounds by, because then you're just wishing that you could lose those 25 pounds. But it's different when you say, I want to lose 25 pounds in six months or no later than December 31st. Now, (laughs) we have something that's attainable. Now, we have something that we're striving towards. So definitely make sure that your goals are smart goals and they're very specific. You can measure them. You can actually attain them. And they're very realistic. (laughs) And you give yourself that deadline. All right. Number three, set goals in writing. I think that is so important, right? Like, I tell people from a biblical perspective, right? The Bible tells you in Habakkuk to write the the vision and make it plain, right? I think that the same thing applies with goal setting. Write your goals out. Like, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish? When are you hoping to accomplish it, right? And give yourself not only the deadlines, but here's the other piece that I always add. Tell somebody. (laughs) Like, don't just keep your goals to yourself definitely tell your tribe so that people can hold you accountable, right? Because that's one of the things I love about my tribe is that we may not talk every single day or every other day, right? Sometimes we can go weeks without talking, but when we do talk, we definitely make sure that we check in with each other and be like, yo, how's your business goals going? Or how's your personal goals going? Or what are you working on this year? What are you working on this week? You know what I mean? Like we definitely do our job of holding each other accountable. So Not only should you be setting those goals, but you should write them out as well. And like I said, I'll throw in there, tell somebody. All right, number four, make an action plan. So I think implementation is absolutely key, right? Like I tell people all the time, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can have all the plans in the world. But if you don't actually implement those plans, if you don't actually take action, if you don't actually like, execute, then you're not doing anything, right? And so it is important to not only write out your goals, but it's even more important to write out an action plan on how you're going to actually get them done. Like what are the necessary steps that you need to take to go from point A to point B, from point B to point C, and so on and so forth. So definitely make sure that you make a action plan. And then the last golden rule is stick with it. Consistency is everything. And I always tell people, I feel like people, when you hear, when people hear consistency, I feel like they think you're saying you got to do it often, right? Consistency is doing that same thing over and over again. (laughs) That's what consistency is, right? Frequency is doing that thing often. Right, And so I think a lot of times people confuse the two, and that's why I always make that clarification, because when someone says stick with something or be consistent, what they're saying is just keep doing it. Keep doing it until you yield the results that you are striving to to yield. So that's what I got for you guys. That's the five golden rules of goal setting. Definitely make sure that 2023, as you get ready to even get closer to 2024, that you guys are spending time setting those goals and making implementation steps and tasks like don't just set them like do the work (laughs) execute and execute with good intention and i promise you you'll see the results that you're striving for so this concludes another episode of hey queen thrive season three (laughs) y'all tune in next week for another power pack episode with another power pack guest i love y'all thank you for continuing to rock with me i'll see you guys next week peace Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Leah M. Forney. Listen, calling all boss women entrepreneurs. Listen, if you're tuning in right now, I need you to stop what you're doing and pay attention. Because let me tell you something. Your girl is here with a personal invitation for you to come join her over at Pitch Like a Boss. Listen, Pitch Like a Boss is the ultimate ultimate online community just for women entrepreneurs like you and what do i mean by like you if you desire to attract more media attention if you desire to increase your profits and if you desire to build your authority in your industry then you need to come kick it with us over at pitch like a boss that's right you can find us right on facebook okay so let me tell you real quick here's five reasons why you need to come kick it with us One, you're gonna gain access to industry leading experts such as myself. Two, you get to connect with other like-minded women that are on the same journey as you. Three, tons of resources are already in the community. I mean, we got tips, we got tricks, we got templates, we got guides. Four, it's continuous learning because every week, every Wednesday, you can catch me live doing our boss sessions where I am teaching you everything I know about attracting more media attention, increasing those profits, and building your authority in your, com- in your industry. And then the last reason why you need to come join is support. Stop doing business alone. So listen, I need you to click the link in the show notes of this episode and go ahead and come kick it with your girl and our sisterhood over at Pitch Like a Boss on the Facebook platform. Talk to you soon. Bye.